Production funding for Ruckus has been provided by gifts from Dave and Jamie Cummings, the Fred and Lou Hartwig family, Peter and Barbara Gattermeyer, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize, and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees. And by viewers like you. Thank you. Welcome to Ruckus, our weekly food for thought fight over the news of the day and the trends of the times. I'm Mike Shannon. The Ruckets join me shortly. Our topics this week, the ups and downs of property taxes, mostly ups, up at KCI, upscale art, and a transit transformation in Kansas City. And that's where we start with our newsmaker segment. Take some time to talk about transportation issues in the metro area. One of the best sources of information is our guest. He's Robbie Mackinnon, the president and CEO of the ATA, the Area Transportation Authority. Robbie, thanks for coming in and welcome to Ruckus. It's my pleasure, sir. Thanks for having me. So explain to those of us who may not know, what exactly is the ATA? What do you do? The, -state, the ATA is a bi-state transit authority that is approved by both states, Kansas and Missouri, and then approved by Congress. It is our job uh, to help connect the dots and build a robust comprehensive transit system. What the AT had been before was just a bus company. It's time we used it for what it was meant to be used for. Does the streetcar come under your jurisdiction? The streetcar is a, obviously a valuable asset and a part of the regional transit plan. Um, I love the investment in the streetcar. I love what it's done for this city and what it's done for economic development. But we also need to invest in our people, too, to follow up on that. Well, you're interested in bus travel, among other things. Mm -hmm. You have suggested that the bus fares be eliminated. And Mayor Lucas has also said he agrees. So you want them gone, he wants them gone. Why are they still intact? Well, Mike, we've been working on this uh, methodically and strategically for about three years. We've had we've made transit free for veterans within the Kansas City region, and we've had over 2.1 million rides. We've made uh, public transit uh, zero fare for our high school kids in North Kansas City, Kansas City, Hickman, and Center. We're coming up on 60,000 rides. Uh, we've now just introduced what we call an opportunity pass with safety net providers like domestic violence shelters as well as like reconciliation services places like that coming up on uh, about 10,000 rides there. So we've slowly been working on this to see get the bugs out to make sure how it will work and now I agree with you sir it's time to pull the trigger. So it would probably take action by the city council. Yeah, uh, I mean, the fact is, is what you're really trying to do is just how are you going to pay for it, right? Yeah, which is how much? Well, we're, we're talking about $8 million uh, uh, probably for uh, Kansas City proper, and then it would be about 11 for the region as a whole. Okay, you're tangentially involved in the talk about a downtown baseball stadium. I think you're involved because the ATA owns some land that some people think would be a great site for a downtown stadium. What's your involvement with it? Uh, not really. I mean, the, the fact is we're sitting on 20-some acres there in between the crossroads and 18th and Vine. That property that the ATA has right now is perfect, and it could be the conduit between uh, both those areas. And so if anybody, and to be honest, what we'd like to do with the ATA and Ride KC is decentralize. Okay, if we could put some more things north of the river, uh, out in Johnson County, on the east side of Jackson, uh, it would save us money from all the driving we have to do and just decentralize a little bit and open up that area 
for economic development, whether it's a baseball stadium or anything else. If you do away with bus fares, does that mean a lot more people will start riding the bus and perhaps cost you more? Uh, Mike, I hope so. Okay, <laughs> listen, a dollar fifty. We think that a dollar fifty goes a lot further outside of the fare box than in it. Okay, you pay that dollar fifty. What are we going to do with it? We're going to build the bureaucracy of the ATA. Okay, outside of Mrs. Johnson now on Prospect, if she doesn't have to pay a dollar fifty and she has two kids, uh, uh, and, and you're talking about fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a year back in her pocket, where's that money going to go? It's not going to leave the state. It's going to go right back into the local economy, buying a pair of shoes, buying some bread, whatever that may be. And it's going to generate sales taxes for the city and generate sales tax uh, for the state of Missouri and or Kansas, too. It's too bad you don't feel strongly about that. Well, I, 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 well I'm sorry, sir. I <laughs> no, do. I'm sorry, that's because fine. I really believe, I truly in my heart no. believe that this is the one thing we can do to make a huge difference in people's lives. We're down so to about fast. 40 seconds. Uh, bicycle lanes have been talked about a lot on this program. Any thoughts about bicycle lanes and their value to transportation well, the, in Kansas City? The, the thought is, and what we need to stop doing, is comparing one thing to another. Streetcar versus bus, bus versus scooter, scooter versus Uber. The fact of the matter is we have to build a comprehensive transit plan because at the end of the day, you don't care. All you want is options and access. Ridership is a byproduct. Okay? It's a byproduct of whether your system, whether you have access and you have the options so that you as a customer can pick which one best, best suits you. Well, Robbie, thanks very much for coming in. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for your time. Come back. It's my pleasure, sir. All right, Thank sir. you. Thank you. That is Robbie McEnan. He is the head of the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority. Now let's meet the panel and start a ruckus. Marianne Murray Simons is a freelance writer and consultant. Patrick Tuohy is director of municipal policy at the Show Me Institute, a free market think tank. Jeremy Lefevre is a former Missouri state rep, now with Lefevre and Associates. And Alana Rately is a former Kansas GOP official, now executive director of the 19th Amendment Centennial Celebration. 19th Amendment gave women the right to vote and appear on ruckus. <laughs> Uh, right there in the Constitution. <laughs> As you just heard in my visit with Robbie Mackinnon of the ATA, there are several significant issues involving that agency. One is the idea of making bus rides free in Kansas City. Cost, according to our guest, would be about $9-$10 million annually. The agency is financed in part by the city's general sales tax and by a specific sales tax levied for bus service. Mackinnon thinks it's a great idea, well worth the financial sacrifice. Do you agree? Are the benefits of free bus service worth the eight or nine million dollars it will probably cost? Marianne? It certainly is an economic development tool, and Robbie talked a lot about that in his comments to you, Mike. So from that standpoint, I understand the logic of it. It's just a matter of how you pay for it and where those funds come from. In advance of our conversation, it was mentioned amongst this panel that there are certain employers who, as a benefit to their employees, will provide those benefits to um, their folks. Uh, those kinds of strategies, in addition to the ATA being able to sort of rethink how it funds itself and where its funds are aligned, is really what needs to happen. And the city council, obviously, is going to have to um, have some serious conversations about where sales tax funds are best spent. Patrick, you on board with doing away with uh, 
fares for bus rides? I think it's an interesting experiment. I think it's completely uh, a worthy effort, and we can look at it after a year or two and, and get some of the answers to the questions you asked. For example, will free bus, where, uh, a bus fare put uh, more pressure on the system, get more riders? <laughs> Uh, one of the things. Do you that, think it will, by the way? Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm absolutely. sure absolutely it will. People mm -hmm. will take the bus for things that they would have walked before. They would have walked a block, now they'll just hop on the bus. Um, we can argue about whether or not that itself is a good or bad thing. Uh, but one of the things that the Urban League, for example, has advocated for is that the council uh, pay for free buses uh, by reinstituting $2 million the city collects from the transportation tax. Uh, from the streetcar back to buses where it belongs. I think that's $2 million of a 9 or $11 million uh, uh, solution to, to the buses. Over here, Alana, what do you think about uh, cutting fares for bus rides in the metro area? Well, again, I do think it's an opportunity to increase our economic development, but I'm against raising taxes for it. I think, again, this is something that should be paid for or could be paid by employers who are often, you know, especially in this economy, really need employees. And I think that um, if you were to offer a fare to them as part of their package, like we had talked about before, I think that's the best way to raise the revenues without taking away from something else because ultimately it benefits the employer. They're able to increase their business with better help and it gets the people back and forth to work. As we heard, Jeremy, the ATA owns a lot of land that some people think would be the ideal site for a downtown baseball stadium. Are you on board with that? Well, I think there are a lot of places that people have looked at. For are you on board with a downtown baseball stadium? I think downtown baseball would be awesome for Kansas City. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the Royals and baseball generally, and having visited a number of parks where they've got uh, that downtown feeling and there's so much activity before and after a game. It's not like football where people go out and tailgate for extended hours and, and the, the scene is all around the football game. A baseball game, um, there's things to do before and after, and I think downtown would be uh, a great spot for it. And, and to the point about the, the free bus rides, I think it's a great opportunity to make sure that everybody in our city has got the opportunity to get around. We shouldn't force people to purchase a car in order to get around our city. So, Patrick, is that the future of Kansas City, free bus rides to the downtown baseball stadium? Yeah. If if uh, if the owners of a team want to build a park downtown, I think that's fine. Uh, where I get off this train is when we have taxpayers uh, pay for uh, a toy for billionaires. That's what's happened in too many other cities, uh, and it shouldn't be what we're doing here in Kansas City. Uh, but you know, I do uh, 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 take issue with the idea of increasing everybody's taxes uh, to pay for free bus fare. Uh, the, the best way to pay for transit and for so many government services is through user fees. Let the person who uses it, whether it's roads or buses or anything else, pay uh, the burden. When we, when we divide out the cost uh, among everybody, we allow for a temptation for, well, I'm just telling you we ought to. That's my point. Every time you get on the road to drive to KCPT, you should have to pay a dollar? A gas tax. What do you think the gas tax goes for? It's charged by people who drive cars. And what was the Show Me Institute's position on the last gas tax increase to help pay for our roads and bridges? The sales tax? We opposed it for the very point I'm making right now, which so is you, no, no, listen to me. You can't have it both ways, Patrick. <laughs> you're, you're not listening to me. I am. We that's the thing. We, we would I support, somebody finally is listening. We would support tolls that are user fees, and we would we support raising the gas tax. So every corner's got to have, to a, have a... 
Uh, we would support <laughs> raising <laughs> the gas tax. What we oppose <laughs> is increasing a sales. We incre uh, opposed increasing a sales tax on the entire state to pay for a service that very few people use. If you want to statute. increase the gas tax, if you want to increase tolls, if you want to increase fares or user fees, that is a legitimate way to pay for a service. But you but, but, that. Mike, right, I'm going to wrap this up. About baseball downtown. I ask Marianne. I know your family's <laughs> sports oriented. What do you think about downtown baseball? Absolutely. I liked it the last time. We were talking about it uh, 20 years ago. I think it is absolutely something that we need in downtown Kansas City as an economic development driver, and I highly support it and hope it, that it. It has would some benefit legs. 18th and Vine, would it not? Sure, a downtown it would. baseball stadium yeah. might be. What, we, we, don't the, we, we don't know that at all. We don't know we that. Look at, look at Truman Sports Complex. There is no development going on around sport. And uh, it was designed to encourage economic development, as I recall. So the idea that you simply move it and now we'll see... KCI? Did it, it encourage economic development? I don't know that it did. Now, KCI's administration has moved businesses onto their campus because uh, they have tax benefits, but nobody's milling around outside the airport. Anyway, I suggest those of you who are interested in what Patrick has to say, take a look at his column in yesterday's Kansas City Star, Wednesday's Kansas City Star, about the move of Waddell and Reed from Kansas to Missouri, or as a news anchor on television in Kansas City called it, Waddle and Reed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> While bus rides may soon be a lot cheaper, but not if Patrick can help it, the same can't be said for property taxes in Jackson County. After weeks of dealing with outraged taxpayers responding to alarming cost increases, county officials seem to be saying nothing can be done. County Executive Frank White's suggestion that taxes be cut by $3 million overall caused a reaction among legislators best related to what is commonly called crickets. Stunned silence, to be more precise. Veteran political reporter Michael Mahoney put it like this on Channel 9. If Jackson County taxpayers are going to get any reduction in high property tax bills, it will be on a case-by-case -case basis. It is too late for a county-wide overhaul. So, Jeremy, you have had time in government service. How do things like this happen where you get these outrageously high tax bills all of a sudden? Well, a lot of it stems back from years of, of not at adequately and accurately valuing properties. And then, you know, in the 2008 uh, recession, uh, property taxes were re reduced quite a bit. Kansas City Public Schools was one of the few entities that wasn't allowed to uh, increase their rate. And so uh, what we're seeing now is a quick solution to a, a multi-year, maybe even multi, excuse me, multi-decade um, problem. And it, it, there are, anytime you do a multi big, big operation like this, there are going to be problems. I think the biggest issue has been in the, the way people have rolled it out, the way people have responded to taxpayers. But you know, overall, I'm probably not going to be too popular among everybody watching today, but I, this is a one of those what's necessary that, what's that evils. that going to change? Yeah, exactly. So I guess I'll keep on my, 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 my Lana, path. Does it shock you that uh, property taxes were kept fairly low for years in Jackson County and suddenly there's a decision to comply with state law and boost them up? It would have floored me had I owned a property in that area. That is almost... I mean, that would change your whole budget for the entire year. 
there's not enough notice to pay it, um, that would really harm a family. So I would say you don't do it that drastically, first of all. There's some warning, there's some notice. But I also, um, I also don't think this is the best way to fund the things they're looking to fund with it as well. Um, and I think this hurts property owners. You know, it absolutely hurts them and encouraging the American dream for people to own these homes. You know, one of the, uh, the developers, I believe, suggested that people get a loan or move. I mean, come on. This is not this is not something that should be thrown at them like this. Patrick, some people think this is going to revolutionize Jackson County politics. Do you think it's going to be the case? Well, there may be a revolution, uh, <laughs> but I don't know that it will revolutionize Jackson County politics. One of the, the problems, I think, in Kansas City is that the county legislature receives so little attention. Uh, you know the star from the news media. Yeah, the star could certainly uh, dedicate more. They have. They've got some great writers that cover the county. We could hear more of it. Frankly, there may not be a market for people reading about uh, the county, uh, and all we hear about are assessments and the jail and fighting between legislators and the county executive. It's not a good look for them. Marianne, do property tax problems exist anywhere but in Jackson County? Of course they do. But as Alana was saying earlier. The issue is how the public was informed by getting a letter in the mail that said your property taxes are increasing by an astronomical amount is probably, that's right, is probably not the right way to have handled this. Um, there are a lot of people who appealed. They are going through the appeals process right now. That was an onerous process for many people who chose to do that. For those who didn't, they had a time frame and they're stuck with what decisions are made and I feel badly for them, but the legislature and the executive have to get together on this and deal with a very difficult issue. So what happens to people who get these high tax bills and can't pay them? Do the they go, they, lose, their they property. lose their house? Well, the legislature needs to come in and make sure that that, that, that needs to be the top priority, that that is something that is not going to happen. The but they haven't even discussed that. Well, they need, they need, they need to. State legislature won't be back in session until January unless there's a special. Yeah, if session the county call. legislature decides they're going to continue to remain neutral, having spent a fair amount of time in Jefferson City, I know that the people in Jefferson City will be vocal about it. And there aren't too many times that local folks appreciate Jefferson City solving our own problems. Mm -hmm. All right, given what has been happening at the airport over the last couple of years, one might start to think that KCI stands for Keep Causing Incidents. You'll recall the confusion over the construction contract, the ever-changing projected completion date, battles over how large a slice of the project goes to minority-owned and women-owned businesses, and on and on and on. And now, according to KCUR Public Radio in Kansas City, there is a battle looming over the 1% for art program at KCI, the largest public art project in Kansas City history. According to reporter Laura Spencer, there is confusion about who's in charge, and she adds, artists and other observers are also concerned. It is probably hard not to be concerned about a project at a billion-dollar-plus facility that will cost more than $5 million. Should future KCI travelers be excited over the prospect of seeing a $5 million art project, or should they question the wisdom of a government-mandated 1% for art program? We'll start with Patrick. Well, I recommend people question any wisdom that comes from a government mandate. Uh, and, and this whole kerfuffle reminds me of the statue, I think it is at police headquarters. It's a man with his finger in his ears and a shoe in his mouth. Uh, it's, again, it's not a good look for Kansas City Airport. Uh, my frustration with some of the 
art projects that the Municipal Art Commission has brought us in the past include the things on top of Bartle Hall and a... Uh, Sky stations, I believe those are yes, called. Yes, and, and there is some sort of metal billboard looking thing that lights up and leaks water just outside the airport. And I think if we spend five and a half million dollars on big outdoor projects, it's a missed opportunity. What the Kansas City uh, what, what Kansas City should invest in is take that five and a half million dollars and endow a fund that will allow jazz musicians to play at the airport. We should probably close down the Kansas City Jazz Museum, as I've advocated before, and move those exhibits to uh, the airport so that it actually gets seen and people experience Kansas City's culture rather than taking an artist and, and, and building some sort of steel monstrosity. One of the problems was that the city did not have an arts administrator when this story was written. In the last couple of days, one has been hired. I believe his name is James Martin. That's right. And uh, he will function as the city arts administrator. But there are dozens and dozens of people and groups who want to be part of this project and will play a role, I'm sure. I want to go to Alana, just generally speaking. What do you think about this idea of public money being used for a $5 million art project? Well, it's no surprise I don't agree with public money being used for that. I do. It is public money, is it not? It's a construction cost. In this case, it's the airport. The city requires not. that 1% of every project yeah, be yeah. used for art. In this case, it's not necessarily public money, but yeah, it's ultimately money. it'll cost the public. So private money. So, um, yeah, what I'm, what I'm saying is, again, I don't agree with that being used um, public money or taxpayer money for that. But if we are going to use that, which it's already been um, determined, I think it needs a plan. There's no overall plan for this. It's kind of um, one-off pieces. We um, haven't determined what's going to be included, what's not going to be included. And they're pushing this ahead, but you know, a lot of times people aren't given any notice um, in making the, the, the decisions have to be made at this time. So I really think an overall plan needs to be done to make sure it's done effectively, efficiently, most cost-effectively and um, for the betterment of, of the community, for the city, for the perception that everybody that comes into our city um, receives. Marian, uh, what do you think about this uh, situation at KCI? Do you think people are beginning to have second thoughts about this new airport? It was enthusiastic, 75% or so of the people who voted for it, but there have been problems since that vote. Things have been delayed from time to time. And uh, Kansas City Star had an editorial a couple of days ago saying that a very small percentage of people who work at the airport are Kansas Citians. People having second thoughts? I don't think so. I think everybody is ready for a new airport and it can't come <clears throat> soon enough. If anyone has traveled to KCI recently or in or out, you know that the roads are torn up. It's all a part of a construction process. This is not unexpected. Projects have slippage, things happen. But 1% for art in Kansas City, I think, is a really important concept. And Patrick, what you talked about, I think, is a great example of a broad interpretation of arts. The performing arts through a jazz band, I think, is a great option that should be looked at because it's part of Kansas City's identity. Mm -hmm. If you look at the existing airport and the floors, if anyone has paid attention to that, there is art embedded in the flooring at KCI currently. Those are opportunities where people subtly get a feel for this community and what it is that we stand for. And I think it's a, a very important um, facet of the project that should move forward. Quickly, Jeremy, you on board with a $5 million art project at KCI? 
Well, mark down the date. This is the day that I agreed with Patrick. Um, I, that's a great, I, I do agree with that, and I think some of the ideas that, that he brought up, um, unique ideas, and, and like you said, making a plan uh, to bring everybody in to, to give people who fly into KCI the flavor of the town. Oh. Using private airline money to showcase our city, I think, is a great idea. We could have the ruckus set up there and do a show Perfect. for people when they arrive. I love it. Welcome to Kansas City. Yes. Is that a draw to Kansas City? Well, that's a <laughs> secondary question that we'll consider at some other occasion, Marianne. Now, however, it is time for Roast and Toast, where the Ruckheads have 30 seconds each to cheer, smear, or leer. And we will start with Marianne. The concept of truth is something that we all learn as children. We're taught that we should always tell the truth, despite the consequences. And it's a concept that is very black and white. There is no gray area where truth is concerned. Truth is not an option, and we should demand it from everyone there is no matter what alternative facts may be presented as the part of some discussion. We should not accept anything from anyone that is any less. President Trump and all elected officials, it's time to tell the truth. The electorate is waiting for you to do the right thing. Jeremy. Ah, this week I want to toast my good friends at Foster Adopt Connect who are expanding into the state of Kansas today with a grand opening uh, to help out a whole bunch of kiddos and their families over there. And so I'm wishing them all the very best today on their grand opening. Patrick. A roast to Bike Walk Kansas City who was on this program two weeks ago and giving misleading information about biking habits in Kansas City. And this is not an isolated event. They continue to make public statements and have things on their website which are demonstrably untrue. They appear to be unable or unwilling to properly interpret other people's research or their own. I understand that Bike Walk Kansas City has a different uh, advocacy for transportation, but they will have no credibility in Kansas City if they continue to misstate the facts. Alana. In this time of partisan bickering, it's easy to get frustrated with elected officials, but there's hope. During the 2019 session, the Kansas legislature passed legislation with bipartisan supermajorities to amend the Kansas Constitution to eliminate an expensive, burdensome, and antiquated provision requiring Kansas to adjust census numbers. The final step is now with Kansas voters. In the November 5th election, I encourage you to vote yes on the amendment. And finally, for my birthday a couple of weeks ago, my wife gave me a book. Here it is, the official dictionary of sarcasm. <laughs> Some definitions are really funny. For example, sweater, the gift that says, yes, dear, you really are that boring. <laughs> By the way, my wife also gave me a sweater. <laughs> and that is Ruckus for this week. We are back next Thursday at 7. Now for the Ruckets and the crew, Mike Shannon saying thanks for watching and good night.